multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Tonight, designing a school that teaches what you would like to learn. Tales of the ultimate badass Chiricara Apache woman, Lozen. Harbor Seals as flipper-smacking combatants, a tiny peek at Bellelli's next book, listening as a component of conversation, and possibly the greatest dream of all time from the awesome subconscious of Little Is. And now, asking that you and your friends and neighbors band together to replace every member of the House of Representatives, I am Rich Evers, and my partner in crime, teacher, fighter, author, poet, and all-around swell guy with a fantastic accent, Daniele Bolelli. Away we go. Back again for another exciting episode? Yep. Um, so let's roll. We are Drunken Taoist Podcast, brought to you by Datsusara, the coolest hemp gear on the planet. Computer bags, gi, backpacks, you name it. Good for the environment. Awesome stuff for us. And hopefully made of hemp made in California very soon. Yeah, that's going to be great. There's a California legalized industrial hemp, which is a great idea. Onnit.com. Supplements, products, you name it. All sort of stuff. Onnit has it. Um, special foods, supplements, exercise equipment. There's um, Check out Onnit.com. These are our, um, oh, and our, among our sponsor, Shore Design T-shirts, the makers of some of the coolest, wildest yoga slash happy clothing in the universe. And uh, we'll be doing we'll be doing a couple of things with them. We're gonna do the drunk, the traditional drunken Taoist T-shirt that we have. Which, by the way, if you guys wanna get, just shoot me an email in the episode notes, and I'll tell you what you need to do. Because we are beginning to run low on our stocks, Shore Design is going to give us some more, but it's going to give us some in their uh, type of cotton. The ones made in Thailand in this super soft type of material. It's awesome. Cool. Um, so we'll do that. And we are, gonna, we are in the process of designing a new T-shirt as well that will involve a complex Dionysian parade with like multiple <laughs> characters in it. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. So those are some of the ones we got going. Um, and uh, thank you also to our affiliate sponsor, Coracao Chocolate and uh, Audible.com. For all of these things, whether Datsusara, Onnich, or Design, Coracao, Audible, go in the episode notes if you are in the market for any of these things. Use their codes to get a discount. And that's good for them, good for us, good for you. Everybody wins. On that note, let's. Um, I mentioned already about the T-shirts. We are trying to do intros much quicker than usual to get the ball rolling. We'll mention, you know, donations and other things at the end of the episode, so that if you are in a rush to listen to the actual episode, here with, it comes. Without further ado, let's roll. Rant of the day. Rant of the day. Before we get into it, actually, let me throw something your way. This is not going to be fun if we just we start talking about our ideas about this. This is so you guys have homework today. Um, no, you have not landed back in school. You are not in your nightmares right now. This is a fun homework. Is it is the idea. Actually, it has to do a lot with school, but in a different kind of way. Is if you are in charge of redesigning the school that you would have liked to attend or your kids will attend. If you are to make a list of all the things that you would like to learn about, that, you know, considering how many damn hours you have spent in school, how many of those damn hours were wasted and you wish you had put into something else, because right now you actually would have some deep skills that you could use. 
you know, of course, there's you learn how to read, you learn how to write, you learn how to add and subtract, you know. We got you through third grade or whatever that is fine. That we know? stretched to 12th grade yeah. with the same garbage. After that is where do you want to put in the time? So what I would suggest is make a list of today, what is that if you had all the time in the world and no worries about money, what is that you would like to learn? What are the things from in any direction? You know, just think about what makes you happy, what kind of stuff... You know, it's like, I want to learn about uh, massage. I want to learn how to cook well. I want to learn how to punch people better. So I like boxing, but I like judo too. And I really want to learn about survival in the wilderness, how to make a fire out. Go all out, you know, there are no limits in that regard. Is you really put together the whole, so you just open up a file somewhere or you have a um, piece of paper to write on that you keep for the next days, weeks, whatever, and you add as more things come to mind. And you start seeing patterns in this and you see essentially you are creating your own school curriculum, right? Is what is that in your, in the create your own school movement? <laughs> what is that you would, uh, how you would have liked to spend your time? Because it really kills me when I think about how many hours of my life have gone into crap that left me less than nothing drives me insane. Yeah, and it's K-12 is 10,000 hours. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Which supposedly is enough to be a master at something. Yeah. But to randomly jack it full of, like, I never get, when my kids were halfway through, they, they switched the math on them. Yeah. They came up with this everyday math sort of horseshit. So we're going to teach you how to add differently, Shit. which did nothing but confuse everybody. Right. You know, what a nightmare. And wouldn't it be great? Why don't we teach people about how to use credit effectively and not get drowned yeah. in it when you're 17 years old, 18 years old, and they send you 10 credit cards? Yeah. I'm sure Visa would have, oh, no, they wouldn't. Right. Golly yeah. gee. <sighs> no, but I mean, yeah, everything. Learning means Learning From financial to how to build a fire to how to, you know, all the life skills that you would like to have. And let's play again in a month or so, or either in the next mm, episode that we have without interviews or maybe the one after. So either in one or two months, we'll play back again. And, you know, if you have some cool, awesome ideas you want to throw our way, and then basically what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll share ours. Um, what, Reach school and Daniela school would look like, and um, the, the office of brothel management. <laughs> so there's that. Make my mama proud again. There you go, mama. Always good. Now, as far as um, where else do we rant? Let's rant on. I'll tell you a story. <laughs> what are you laughing about? This is funny because we both know what we want to rant about. Well, yeah, we don't want to be negative. So no, we'll. Uh, not because, again, I have nothing against being negative when it, it's called There's for. There's time and a place. But, um, but at the end of the day, you know, after you bitch and you're done complaining about the injustices of life and such and such person is such an asshole and this thing happened and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, we acknowledge that you needed to get it out of your the way, but. Time to move on. Now what? You know, don't you wish you hadn't wasted that 45 minutes Right. That? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I agree with you completely. And sometimes you need it, you know, sometimes. But again, go talk to a wall because nobody really want to hear it. Cause <laughs> they it's can not got their own list. They pleasant, can pop it exactly. on any moment as you well. Know? And when you're ready to take care of business, you go back and take care of business. Cause Absolutely correct. Um, I'll tell you a story that was interesting, martial art related. I was This was a few months back. I was um, rolling in jiu-jitsu with a friend of mine, Pedro, who's um, way bigger than I am, right? He's probably like, 50 60 pounds heavier than me and uh, he's not bad you know i have better technique than he does but not enough to make up for the 50 pounds different you know he's he's good he has his stuff i'm a little better but again when you add the strength element i shouldn't be able to beat him except that i did every time and this wasn't about me being so skilled is there was something in what he was doing that was off and when i look at his technique he was good is doing all the right stuff. The bad part was um, when things didn't go his way. When I would get, when I start getting something, I either swept him or passed the guard or did something good where I put him in a difficult position. The switch would go off. He would just mentally quit, and he would basically let me win because uh, you know, from he went from oh shit, things are not going my way to you won, done, you know, and and you know. 
at some point I, I started telling him that, but that wasn't, you know, just because somebody tells you something doesn't create a change. And uh, what I did was I would stop, like I would get to that place where I just got an advantage. He's in this weakened position and he's one second away from quitting and I would just kind of freeze and let him regroup. Not enough to let him catch his breath where that would affect physically things. It's not about, because it wasn't about cardio, it was about the mind. Just enough so that he could put a mental reset, push the mental reset button and go like, okay, I'm still here, it's not over yet. I just happen to be in a slight disadvantage. You know, so every time when he was five seconds away from quitting, I would stop and say, okay, ready? We go again? Go now. And he would start fighting like a savage, right? And then at that point, he eventually tapped me out, which hadn't happened in ages, right? And he was all, he freaked out. He's like, you saw into my soul based on how I roll jujitsu. And he's like, no, it's not that, you know, it's not like I'm a magician. It's, I, it's because I do exactly the same thing he does. Um, the same thing hit me where things not going my way in some cases make me start shutting down. So I recognize the same dynamics going on in him. In fact, I remember I had once um, MMA amateur smoker or whatever, where I um, first minute of the fight, I got the guy in a leg lock and I felt that I had him and that he was over and he got out and he passed to side mount. We're now like a minute and 30 seconds into the fight. Nothing has happened. I haven't gotten hit. I'm not hurt. I'm not anything. I tapped out. I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to be here. Things didn't go my way. Uh, this sucks. Get me out of here. That's the ultimate wimpy bullshit where suddenly just you're, you quit because you have no fighting spirit left in you, right? And uh, that's horrible. It's, uh, it's the opposite of what you want to achieve, because, right, technique is, comes, you know, technique is just a matter of putting in the time, but the fighting spirit is where it counts, you know, whether you have that determination never to give up, no matter what, right? Instead, I give up when nothing is happening. So I can definitely recognize what he was doing, right? The, these, uh, I don't like being where I'm at, so my mind shuts down and I head into defeat and go straight because I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to feel this unpleasant sensation, this sense of powerlessness. So I rather completely give up than feel this uh, hard, steep climb. And um, it's funny, I remember after I did that stuff, I had um, another match, um, maybe a two months later and it was the exact opposite or rather no it actually wasn't the exact opposite it started out similar you know i won the first round i did well the other guy won the second round you know i couldn't put him away when i was fresh i felt that i had my best shot and all of a sudden two rounds into it i'm crazy tired and um and I and we're even. It's like starting over, except that now I'm dead. I feel like all my energy is gone. I gave it my best shot already, and it wasn't enough. I haven't lost. I'm we're actually even. But I mentally I feel like shit. I don't want to like. There's at the end of the second round, we're on the floor. By the time it took me like twenty seconds to get up off the floor, I was so tired. You know, I left so much of me in there. And mentally, I remember thinking. I'm done, you know, get me out of here, this thing sucks. It was, so it was like a flashback from the previous time, you know, where the previous time took a minute, this time was still there, and there was that voice in me saying, really, do you want to be here? Why don't we just go home and have dinner and relax in a nice bath? What the fuck are you doing in here, you know? It's like another five minutes of, like, horrendous fighting and sweating, and that's no fun. Why don't we just call it a day and do better things and and i remember as the next round um, um actually you know, i was still in the second round when some of these dynamics were going on i remember in the middle of the fight my mind just went blank and went somewhere else and i picture you know going home and seeing my wife and being like she was like so how did it go today and i'm like oh i i lost and she's like well, why what happened i I just quit. I, I was tired, you know, I, I just quit. And I remember I was in the middle of the fight and I was like, okay, that's not going to happen today. Fuck, I'm going to die here 
but I'm not doing that wimpy shit again. I may lose, I may win, I don't know. That's beyond my control, but I'm... But go down swinging. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it actually worked out, because at the beginning of the third round, I had no energy left whatsoever, so I felt like... I'm not going to beat him because I'm going to finish it because if I couldn't do it when I was fresh, I'm not going to do it now. I'm just going to throw one big fake and if he buys it, I'm going to take him down, start winning on points and then shamelessly ride the clock. And <laughs> that's exactly what he did. He bought the big swing, covered up, let me shoot low on him. I took him down and then just... So it wasn't from a technical standpoint, it was a really shitty win. It was like not particularly exciting or beautiful. But it was one of the things I was the proudest of because it was about just toughening it out when you everything in you is screaming, quit, 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 let's get out of this, this doesn't feel good, and as such, we, we shouldn't be in this place. That, to me, is more interesting in terms of what you can get from martial arts than any technique in the world, you know, the perfect armbar doesn't translate to day-to-day -day life. You know, it's like, that's a technique. Unless that's what you do on a regular basis, that you pop people's arm with an arm bar, there's really no point. Well, it is Wednesday after all. Right. <clears throat> but the, where there is a point is the that when things don't go your way, to be able to stay with it. Now, that's a lot easier said than done, because, you know, for each time that I'm able to do that, there are times when I don't, you know, and... Uh, Something in me does the Pedro reaction here and just gives up. And, and it's in all of us. Some people less than others. Some people are way tougher and it takes a lot more f f to get to that place. Some people, it's very easy to take you to that place. And they live there. But the point is, like what happened with him, the second, all it took was giving him just a, that little time to allow him to press the reset button. And here he found again his toughness. And then once he does it enough time that way where I let him, then he's going to do it on his own. I don't need to let him anymore. He's going he's gonna to become like a muscle. You trained it enough times that more often than not, you're going to be able to do that yourself. So that to me interests me. It's uh, because it's the same thing that you can apply to your diet, to a relationship, to your job, to whatever else, you know, all the times when something is not working out for you and you feel like, fuck, I try so hard already. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. I'm tired. I, and it's like, it's very human It's understandable, but that doesn't lead to good places. So it's like, Okay, pat on the back. We understand you feel that way. Now get back in there. And in fact, the, that fight, the last one I mentioned, when by the time he was over and they say, oh, you won on points, good, blah, 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 pat on the back. I lay down on the floor. I was like face down on the floor, arms spread, pretty much crucified. And people came up to me, like to pat me, said, oh, good job, this and that. He's like... I did not move one muscle for 25 minutes because I had left every last drop of energy I had in there. There was nothing left in me, you know? I was like, okay, I can pretty much die here. There's just nothing I have left in me at this moment, physically, mentally, or any other level. I don't recommend doing it because, uh, you know, for any little day-to-day -day thing, but training the muscle to be able to push yourself, there's something nice about that nice to have at the important moments for sure yeah precisely so that to me is um you don't do jujitsu you do something else whatever that may be the number of times in your day-to-day -day life where something is going to push you away are going to be ex there's i'm sure there's going to be a lot regardless of who you are or what you do that's just the nature of life so you can make that your training you know pay attention to it go into it consciously so that when it hits you, when you feel it, rather than acting on automatic pilot, have that moment of, yeah, I just quit because I was tired, you know, didn't feel like putting up with it anymore. It was, you know, it was difficult. Um, and push the reset button and get back into it. That to me is my motivational moment of the day i guess you can pick up your copy of you shouldn't quit either by daniel valelli right <laughs> coming to the bookstore soon <laughs> but yeah that's uh and you know it's good to have models of this you know whether it's fighters whether it is in other aspect of life people who embody that quality because the reality is that we both 
we all of us have both elements. Yeah. We have the quitter, wimpy side of us, and we have the tough, diehard side of us. It's just a matter of which one we are going to put more energy in and where, if we train that muscle or not. That's really what it boils down to. I don't believe there's anybody who's like, is born just flat out fearless. I don't believe there's anybody who's born who's completely a wimp. You know, you start with more or less an inclination in one direction or another, but what you do with it makes a huge, huge difference. I have a dream today. And now we cross the Ethereum plane for a visit into Bellelli's dream time. Now, the, the amount of mail we received on the fact that the whole dream time thing was... A no dreamer last week. Yep, it was. There was a lot of disappointment, especially for the gnome loving community. Yeah, the, um, still no gnome this time either. But we'll uh, we'll fix it with other interesting elements. All right, folks, here we go. In some way, this is a double dream because it involves me and Isabella, uh, both uh, trading dreams in the morning. Actually, started out in the middle of the night when uh, Isabella woke up crying and i went up he's like what's going on what's up he's like someone at school ate my nonna not nice grandmother so she was having some cannibal dream that somebody at her school decided to consume her grandmother wow which is never good i guess so you know i was trying to reassure about her cannibalistic nightmare and all of that and uh, all of a sudden i remember my own dream which i probably would have never remember otherwise because it was in the middle of like really deep sleep where and uh, I remember that there were three seals, not as in Navy seals, mind you, as in the animal seals. <laughs> exactly. Chasing me up the stairs, trying to fight me. What? So I was punching them. And so I pick one up and threw him, her, whatever that was, down the stairs. And that's about that time is when she called out that her grandma was being eaten. That's cool. So I woke up and I was like, what the hell was I doing? I was fighting with three seals on the stairs. My subconscious amuses me. What can I say? I would love to know how they got stirred up. Were you, did you take their sardines or something? Yeah, I don't know why or? I got them so mad, but it was... Uh, it's hard to rile a seal, you would think. Seal punching dream was bizarre. And did they have weapons? Or were they just hitting you with the flippers? No, flippers. Oh. They were mad. Some arm to the teeth kind of going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that was it, man. That was... Uh, yeah. I don't even have adjectives to comment on that. That's dream time. For storytelling, we have an interesting miss coming to visit us by the name of Lozen, as in L-O-Z-E-N. Um, Chiricahua Apache from the 1800s, sister of the Chiricahua chief Victorio, and who later she rode with Geronimo's band and so on. Uh, if you dig some really old uh, hardcore history, Dan Carlin episode, he briefly mentions her, and she's an awesome character right there and deserve plenty of attention. <laughs> Ludzen was renowned for lots of things. For one, uh, is, um, you know, like Victorio, her brother, was this famous Apache leader of the late 1800s. He said, uh, Lodzen is my right hand, strong as a man, braver than most, and cunning in strategy. Lodzen is a shield to her people. Lodzen was notorious for being the ultimate badass Apache woman. She could do things. For one, she was supposed to have powers that definitely were beyond the ordinary. They said that she would start praying to the Apache gods, and as she prayed, she would stick her arm out and rotate 360 degrees around. And by the time she was done, she knew how far enemies were and how many of them were there. And she would base this on the sensation that she got in her arm as she was praying and doing this thing, which sound, you know, you're in that case, except that if you're right over and over again, then you're no longer in that case and there's something going on there. Well, and it seems completely possible. Somebody that was that in tune 
Apparently. Like you could feel electric fields or something. That doesn't seem impossible. And, you know, all the other uh, other Apaches who live their lifestyle, who believe the same stuff, prayed, did the same stuff, nothing happened to them. Right. For whatever reason. She could do it. Everybody, if she said, we're going that way because we have to avoid enemies there, people would do that. You know, there was no questions asked. And in fact, when Victoria was eventually captured in an ambush, everybody said that would have never happened had she been with him. At the time, she wasn't with the band, and uh, she couldn't do that because she had done that time and time before that. Some of these guys, had, you know, there are tales about Geronimo too, where they say how he, you know, hundred miles away from their camp, all of a sudden in the middle of, you know, they are he and these guys are riding. He gets up all of a sudden. He say, "We have to go back to camp. We've been attacked." And they, you know, ride back and arrive, and their camp has been attacked, and all of that. And, so some of these guys, said, not everybody, but, you know, it's the weirdness of the universe, right? There are things out there that are limited or not so limited brains sometimes can pick on. And, um, you know, I tend to, I wouldn't dismiss this as legend. I, I've had seen and experienced so many things along those lines that makes you wonder, hmm. Interesting. Well, and they weren't listening to planes flying over and, and all the sort of madness of a day, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the wisp of some smoke from 40 miles away is not an impossible thing for somebody who right. doesn't in, live in a polluted hellhole. In some people, in some cases, some of these uh, semi supernatural abilities are the result of just amazing skill. Yeah. And in some cases, who the hell knows? Exactly. In some cases, it just stuff happened and we don't know why. Or I'm going to sit in the middle once again. Yeah, those are <laughs> bizarre. But yeah, some of the stories that they sell, they tell about her is that she not only had this uh, semi-prophetess role, not only was she a powerful political voice in her own tribe, but she was also a warrior. She would regularly go out and fight with the men, kill a bunch of men in battle. She... Um, you know, she would lead women to escape, then turn her horse around, grab her rifle, go into the middle of battle, do the whole thing. There's this one tale, for example, of this one time when she um, um, she escorted a new mother and a newborn infant across the desert from Mexico to the Mescalero Apache Reservation. And, you know, just the three of them, mother, baby, and Lodz and herself acting as the bodyguard of these two, and, you know, she had a rifle, her knife, a little bit of food. And then as they go, um, she knew that, you know, using her gun would betray their presence. So she used her knife to go out and kill a long horn to butcher it and for the meat for them. She later went on to steal uh, a horse from Mexican cavalry so that the new mother could also have a horse to ride with. Gun f- bullets all around there. She didn't get hit. Uh, she stole another horse. By the way, they were started on foot this journey. So then she stole another horse from somebody else along the way. She, you know, by the time they got there, they had more stuff than when they left, and they were pretty well fed because she could just, you know, live with nothing. She could arrive with tons of stuff in the process. Um, and, you know, some of the stories about her is that she was so wild and intense. She later was with um, Geronimo's band, some of the very last American Indian tribes to ever surrender to the United States. Um, Nana was the old patriarch of her band, said... Um, there's no warrior that was uh, more worthy than the sister of Victoria, who said, you know, she's as good as it gets in the fight. And uh, are, know, there, are there photos uh, of her? There's one. If you really want to dig, if you mm, Google her name, you will find a photo is, you know, one of those uh, where's Waldo kind of photo. You know, there's a whole bunch of Apache after they surrender and they are being carted off in some trains and she's sitting in the back row somewhere. So you kind of see her. You know, you don't exactly see particularly well. You see Geronimo a few rows down, and you see her in a, in a corner there. And um, and that's the story. Now, some people suggest that she was what they would refer to as two-spirit, meaning she had a woman's body and a male spirit, which in some cases they say that's 
also associated with homosexuality in some cases not uh, like the whole two-spirit thing is not as straightforward as gay not gay you know it's not that simple no that was all through the native american cultures wasn't it this sort of third sex or this combo right but the fact that for example she never married and stuff some people think that yeah she may have had uh, lesbian tendencies in that regard so that would make for who could blame her lesbian warrior woman from the chiricahua apache that's she sounds like an interesting lady, to say the least. She may need an action figure. Yeah, no, she's... Uh, now, probably if you were to go through a time machine and meet her, good luck, because, you know, you're invading Apache land, motherfucker, and you need to die. So, it's um, you know, having an easy conversation in the contest may not be easy, particularly... Apparently, she didn't like getting her photo taken either. So, yeah. there's not going to be any quick selfies of. Right. <laughs> Would you mind standing still? Because, you know, I have my. Ameri- yeah, exactly. But in any case, just wanted to alert you to this awesome historical character and uh, for you guys to do more research if you're interested. She sounds like a definite candidate for the, uh, for the new Hall of Fame. Of our characters. Yeah, no, uh, she's uh, she's intense. That's why when I heard the story, I was like, man, I need to I need to talk about her. She's too cool. That's it for storytelling, my man. So try not to send your kids dreaming of Apache women screaming. With her group of seal warriors. Yeah. No, exactly. On the other end is if she's on your side. Good for you. Very good for you. Because you really don't find... Uh, Apparently, quite a good protector. <laughs> Let's do it together. Okay, ready? We're running away from the bad, bad police. police. <laughs> okay, now you do it. We're running away from the bad police. <laughs> I love you, baby. Isabella moment. Ready to roll. Let's have um, three of them. Ooh. One is um, our guest from last time, Arthur Rosenfeld, um, gave me as a gift this little sh- statue of General Quan, who's like this semi-mythological figure in Chinese history, who was deified as this like god of the martial arts, and he always appears with uh, the Quan Do. He's like this big, gigantic. He looks like uh, a staff, but at the top there's this like rounded blade that you can use to chop people's head off attack the enemy's horses whatever it's this big manly weapon right or to cut wheat if you find yourself in a pinch (laughs) correct (laughs) and isabella was really fascinated with this thing playing with it moving it in her hand studied this little sculpture from every direction and you know the sculpture was beautiful but she was really really into it and i was like after a while i was like do you like it and she's like hmm I could like it a lot, but I don't. I'm like, why? What's wrong with that? It's like, only one thing. It's not pink. How can I argue with that? You can't. So maybe I'll have to paint General Quan pink. That may be. If you really want to go, you could pink and then maybe uh, put some glitter over top of him to really... That's usually reserved for me. That's how I usually end up always, you know, I regularly end up having Isabella throwing glitter all over me. So I'm walking places with glitter on. It's like, yeah, it'll hang for a few days. The joys and fun of having a daughter. <sighs> on, uh, on a different note, um, maybe a month ago or something, she was asking me about the vi- and the various boyfriends of the women she knows and loves. And she asked, oh, so so-and-so is uh, her boyfriend? I'm like, yeah, and so-and-so is her. I'm like, so she was, and she seemed very puzzled. After she started counting all of that, she started, she seemed really puzzled by the fact that each one of them only had one boyfriend. And she was like, well, one boyfriend is good, then why not more than one? And I couldn't argue with such impeccable logic. That, and you shouldn't be reading uh, Chris Ryan's book to her as a bedtime story. Exactly. It's obviously got her 
well suited for the future. Yes, I know Chris Ryan would approve, but you know, I consider their point. But based on that, I'm guessing our teenage years are going to be eventful. So that was, but again, how could I argue with that? It made perfect sense. It was like, yep, you're right. You'd just be wasting your energy. She's obviously made her decision anyway. So, yeah, so that was interesting. And last but not least, this is, I mean, drama, comedy, however you want to say it in that sense, but. Um, this is what Isabella told me the other day upon waking up. She said, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm like, why? What was wrong? What was bugging you? She's like, my spirit and the spirit of my mama inside my heart were kissing so loud during the night. And they didn't let me sleep. And I would tell them, hey, I want to sleep. And they would say, shut up. And then they would go, and keep kissing so loud that it made it difficult for me to sleep. Wow. What the fuck do I say to that? You know, that may be the most gorgeous dream anybody's ever had. Yeah, so that was again no yeah. words. Sometimes you got to let the dream be, baby doll, and just sit back and yep. enjoy the movie. Yep, yep, yep. So that's where it was. <sighs> Isabella moments. That one was grand. Yep. I may feel better for a week from hearing that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Did that blow your mind? That was trippy. Yes. That was definitely trippy. Well, with all the positivity flying around the world right now, we ought to take a dip into Bellelli's mailbag and see what's going on in there. Of course. So let's start out with somebody. Shit, I didn't write a name. Oh, sorry about that. Somebody asked me about the last five songs I listened to. Um... Last five, actually, coming over here, we got Black Keys, Little Black Submarine, Dirty Heads, Your Love, uh, Always Fun, Tupac, Hit Them Up. I think I was thinking about Academia and uh, the Academic Ward. Was this off your iPad? You don't have, like, a great radio station. Yeah. That's no, no, all the- I- iPod. And, um, yeah, Hit Them Up always got me to think about academics for some reason. But, yes, on that note... <laughs> And that followed by Nick Drake, Pink Moon, which I could, if you guys ever want to try this experiment, play Tupac, Hit Them Up, and Nick Drake, Pink Moon, back to back. I think I'm probably the first person on earth to ever listen to Tupac and Nick Drake back to back. And if these references are completely above your head because you have no idea who these guys are or either one of them, check it out. They are not exactly the same vibe, let's put it that way. No, there's a shift there, but somehow musical harmony still makes it through. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, those were four, but those are the four I remember, so sorry about the fifth, whoever you are. Um, other question also, again, what was with me in our writing name? Somebody asking me about um, what am I planning to write next? What's next on the deck? Well, as usual, there are about 7,000 projects on the table and all moving together at once. Well, there's always how much you love technology. One will uh, actually see the light and all of that. So right now there are two main things going on. One is uh, I'm working on something that's um, it's really for somebody else. It's somebody else's bio and I would uh, work on it. So I don't go too much into details because it's more their project than mine. And then another thing is... Um, one thing that I notice is everybody, whenever I talk in more philosophical terms, whether it's creative or religion, whether it's on the warrior's path or some of those things, many people, you know, some people give me good feedback, they dig it and all of it, but it seems to hit them on one level. Whenever when I bring up stuff that's personal, it seems to hit way deeper. So what I realized was, uh, like, for example, when I did podcast or something, when I did podcast with Duncan, then he was asking more personal stuff. It seemed to hit the, like, people seem to get a lot more out of it than when it was purely more philosophical terms. Sure. So what I decided to do is write something that's in between, is, is a little more narrative in nature and is much more personal. Is uh, I wouldn't go as far as calling it a memoir and definitely not the kind of, you know, I was born in not that type of memoir. <coughs> Who the fuck cares about that? No, this is primarily about fear, specifically connected with martial arts and even more specifically connected with my wife and the life afterwards. So it's more of a personal thing. And... Um, Part of it has to do with, um, 
you know, it's not like I'm thinking, I'm sitting at a table thinking, what is that people would buy more? Because it's not, even if my current book sales were to triple overnight, it still wouldn't make them. I mean, it would be nice, but it wouldn't really make much of a difference in my life because it's not, the numbers are not such that they, so I don't fucking care. I mean, it's sell, it doesn't sell. That's well, you pleasant, never know anyway. There's no, there's no formula. And plus, know this will be the one that sells ten plus, at, Yeah, exactly. At my level, sell or doesn't sell, the difference is not that huge. Right. <laughs> so, the so really, I think of stuff. There are really only two primary reasons why I think why I would write something for myself and for people who can get something out of it. And if I do read emails from people who tell me, "Oh, this one thing helped me so much in such and such circumstance." I'm like, fuck, then let's go there, you know? If it helps me, if it helps them, why not? So that's what I'm thinking on. That's the main project I'm working on now. Now, I'm working on now is also a big word because I'm working on now means, <laughs> you know, if I have three hours on a Saturday night out of the entire week, I'm really excited to work on it. And then, you know, eight days later, I'll have another hour somewhere to write. So, you know. And if like, it just stays on that, it could easily flip into project number seven. Right. So, you know, is uh, the time... Is not, I'm not exactly in the position to have the luxury to sit down and say, for the next three months, I'm just going to write. It's like, yeah, that's not exactly how it works. So that sounds pretty wonderful, though. It may take a while. Um, my guess is probably by the time it gets done, contract, publisher, yeah, probably two years or something like that before it sees the light. But, um, but that's the plan. Hopefully sooner, but we'll see. But yeah, in any case, it's more definitely going down a more personal route. But a vast and awesome subject that could help a lot of people out. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. since now you've abandoned your religion to create your own. You're going to need a little help in the uh, what to do when, yeah. when it's all over. Yeah. And I mean, part of this game now is um, I'm thinking this is the last thing that I want to write nonfiction. Uh, and then after that, and this already is sort of because it's personal, there's a narrative there, um, which builds into then eventually just switching and writing fiction. That would what I would like to do next. So that's long term though. There you have it. That's got to answer that. Yeah. So that's for writing. Um, Frederico Faro from Brazil. Yes, yes. Writes us about. Um, Regarding the empathy episode that we had a couple of episodes ago, he say how he feels that he doesn't pay enough attention and that translates into problems during conversations. And, uh, you know, his thing is basically how the hell do you keep a healthy conversation flow? He say, you know, I heard you saying about in Italy how everybody's yelling on top of each other and waiting for, <laughs> not even waiting for somebody to finish their sentence so that they can start 10 million miles an hour. He said, Brazil, same story. And instead, he said, you know, I remember listening to you, Duncan, Chris Ryan on one podcast, and the three of us were going back and forth without, you know, with a pleasant flow, without jumping on each other's head and interrupting each other's sentences and all of that. And uh, I really, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I, that goes in any context, let alone in places like Italy or Brazil, I'm guessing, where it's hilarious how you see people that when they are talking, or rather, when they are listening, they are just waiting for the second looking for their, they can yeah, get. Looking for the hole to jump in to tell yeah. their boring-ass story it's that like, nobody cares about. And take a deep breath and go, Exactly. You know, it's like, when are you going to shut up so I can go, I can throw my, it's my turn now. You know, it's like. But even worse is the person that can't tell a story, holding up a conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. With their boring. Well, it was a third, no, it was a Friday. Yeah. And, um. <laughs> Me and uh, get on with it, motherfucker. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's painful. (laughs) But uh, yeah, last time I went to Italy was funny. There was um, the glorious Savannah M. Was a communication style who tends to be a lot. She likes to think about what she's gonna say. She uses her words. You know, she she takes her time, get into it, and then add to it. But it's very soft type of communication style. You know, and prepared. Yeah. In Italy, it's hilarious because somebody would ask you a question. It's like, what do you think about that? And if you go, 
and you take three seconds before you actually start spitting words, they think that they asked something that embarrassed you or was wrong or something. Or you're cooking up a lie. Yes. Yeah, so they're going to throw another question your way because it's like, well, clearly I, they are, you know. It's Don't want to talk about that. Right. And it's funny, man. It's like the speed <laughs> of. Uh, so to me, a lot in answering, rather than just making more fun of Italians, in answering your question, Frederico, to me, the thing is about just sit down and don't even think about what you're going to say. Don't even think about how you are going to jump into the conversation. Just listen the hell out of the next person. Give them the time and space to get their stuff out. And in some cases, I mean, some people will go on for literally forever. So you may have to decide whether it's worth it or not. You really want to find out more about this person. And then even do the thing that most people don't do, which is ask them questions. You know, when they are done with their whole thing, which is obviously a big deal to them, ask them a question about why is that a big deal, what it is, oh, and what happened, and da da da. It's amazing how people love you after that. It's like, ah, you actually care about what I have to say. This is amazing. And then, if they are not egotistical asshole, then they are actually going to be probably more interested in listening to you because you actually did pay attention to them. Now, if they are egotistical asshole, they'll take that. And they'll feel like, you're my amazing friend. Now, next time, let's start over again. So I can tell okay, forever and you ask me questions. I've and... got no limit of what I can tell you about me. <laughs> exactly. And you're going to love it yeah, all, yeah, apparently. Yeah, this is yeah. awesome. I'm so glad I met you. Precisely. That's kind of Did I tell you about works. the time that I... Oh, that's funny. It's a... But when you got Duncan and Chris and people like that going mm -hmm. at the same time, there's also sort of... I think we're aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. So you kind of want to give somebody their... You want the conversation to roll around the table. You just don't want anybody to hog it up. Yeah, so absolutely. That probably does not exist quite as cleanly in society. No, and again, and that's why people are impressed and they like is the typical is the typical stupid dating advice, right? When they tell you what is the number one thing you can do to have a favorable impression is uh, wash your balls. Yeah, that helps too. But teeth are good too. Listen. <laughs> listen to actually because people are used to the fact that everybody speaks nobody listen to anything that anybody else says so if you just stop and really listen and pay attention to what the person is saying and you're not in a rush to throw in your stuff you're not in a hurry to when's my turn coming but you listen to what they say you ask them question about it you really try to feel what it is where they are coming from man people like in many cases people open up they are suddenly are like they really relate to you on a different level after that. And again, if you are picking the person who would talk to a wall for 17 hours, you'll quickly find out and you'll be sorry you did that, but at least you know and you never go there again, you know? <laughs> and you can warn others. Yeah, precisely. But <laughs> so that's my thing, you know, not, not great magic. It really boils down to slowing down, listening, taking your time and, um, and actually really being interested in what they have to say. So that's my thing on that well who else is in there uh what else do we got who else do we got uh, josh feldman uh greatest advancement in evolution from apes to humans was the development of our brain uh could it be that the next level of evolution is to overcome our ego which is you know a very buddhist taoist kind of topic Ego is uh, another one of those weird words that depending on how you define it, it can mean very different things. You know, if by ego we mean this uh, self-absorbed, uh, mm, everything is about me, 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 that kind of ego, arrogant, uh, overbearing, yeah, that kind of shit, yes, get rid of that as quickly as possible because nobody likes it, you know, it's just annoying as hell and, uh, and, it, and it also is... Um, it's a cage for you too, because you don't get to taste or experience anything that's out there in the world. All you get to taste and experience is your own projections about how important you are and which really stands in the way of actual experiencing reality. So that kind of ego, yeah, get rid of as quickly as possible. Um, ego in a different sense, you know, in, um, some people take this a bit too far and suddenly getting rid of the ego becomes this notion that it's all about experiencing things for what they are, reduce passions, reduce the things that um, build the sense of identity and all of that. And I mean, to some degree, I get it. On another level is that's life. 
Yeah, and that's how a lizard operates, isn't it? Right. It's like, a bug, eat it. Exactly. You know, where suddenly you're just a react, you know, you're in the moment, but in a way where there's really no more presence there. And I don't know how desirable that is. And even and even the arrogant aspect, you know, ego is in some sense of pride, ego is in some sense of, uh, um, those are not necessarily bad things. They are, it depends how they show up. If pride becomes, I don't listen to anybody because I'm the best in the world, fuck you all. That's You're doomed. Not, that's not even pride, that's just, you're stupid. Yeah. That's different. If by pride you mean something that instead motivates you to always give your best, that's a different kind of thing. You know? That's why like you're an Aubrey's sort of warrior poet concept, mm-hmm. that it does take both of those things, because those, of course, incorporate other things. There are egotistical pieces of each, right? but you've got to have that. So it's almost like the other set, yep. the, yeah, uh, yeah. the perpendicular of the ego. That's why I'm perfect Taoist style is... Shall we get rid of the ego? Yes. And at the same time, keep it. Exactly. And empower it. And he's like, huh, what? It's both are true at the same time. You gotta have a taste of both. <laughs> yep. Mixed in or you're or doomed. Yep. And it really boils down to always the same annoying issue of balance that if you go too far one way or another, you're fucking things up. And that's just the way the game goes. It is. That's what it's all about, man. And again, it sounds like after a while you sound like a broken record because it's like balance whatever okay and but it's true and everything me. you can put that in front of a mirror in front of everything mm-hmm. between and how we're destroying the earth or sure. how horrifically the imbalance of money flowing to a few people while everyone else suffers you're not asking to completely change everything you're just like look we can't have the seesaw yep. floating in the air all the time and it's funny because most people want the exact opposite you know the idea this idea of taking the best from two sides or opposites and stuff. Instead, what most people want is the this or that. It's never this and that. It's always like black and white, which one? Pick one. It has to be one way or another or all of that kind of shit. It's like uh, just before we were starting to record, we are bitching about uh, the usual negative feedback where we got anticipated about the whole... Uh, people were like uh, rape jokes are awesome what the fuck are you talking about what's the problem with that and again it's like if you actually listen to what the fuck we said maybe it would be a good start because again it boils down to that black or white you're either for it or against it and what we said is exactly the opposite of that we said there's a time and place for everything is certain subjects the odds that you're gonna pull them off well are really really small so the time and place is much smaller than others yeah. it doesn't mean it's all bad always and under every circumstance we're saying there are many 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 conditions to fulfill to pull it off well if you can do it then there's nothing bad about it and but again in the dualistic mentality that people love it's no good or bad which side are you on are you you know it's george w bush right you're either with us or you're with the terrorist you are uh, that mentality is just fuck i don't even know what to say it's just so pervasive and so damn annoying well they force it to us here in the u.s for sure this red party blue party is mm-hmm. such a disaster that I, it really feels like the fractures are real and we may end up in a more multi-party where you have to put you know, groups together, right. coalitions to get anything done, which generally works well. Mm-hmm. It's got to work better. Yeah. But that can fail, too, because then it's yeah. tenuous and, well, <laughs> we're going to take our group and get out of here, and now we got to go vote again and all. Yep. Yeah, the joys <sighs> of politics in Italy, for example. Yes. Yes. Definitely. The new prime minister every six hours. It's ridiculous, man. <laughs> Italian politics are crap. Um, couple of quick things. Oh, one, uh, Christine, sorry, um, you asked me a while back about the religious use of marijuana. I keep deciding that I should do more research on it. because The I man loves Bob Marley. What more do you need? Yeah. To <laughs> I'll get on it. I I don't promise because I don't want to say something that since I obviously fucked up already, I don't want to <laughs> promise something. That I, if I promise, I always keep it and I'm mostly positive i will but not totally so we'll see about that on the other hand we have uh, aaron um, he asked me about um, very being for somebody who's very driven to the yang side of life working out hiking swimming running constantly moving 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 but also getting exhausted every three days and never being okay with getting exhausted being you know at going 100 miles an hour all the time 
what do you do? Well, I mean, you know the answer already, really, just the way you pose the question is, uh, the problem is either you do it or your body does it for you. But the point is, that's not how life works. You know, you need to be able to go a million miles an hour in some circumstances and you need to slow the hell out other circumstances or you burn out. It's as simple as that. And you can do it for a while, particularly when you are in some super, ex in the middle of some crazy exciting project or something, you know, you can ride away for a while and it's awesome. But after that, you slow down, you sit in the garden, you look at your flowers, you say, hmm, that lizard moved a whole three feet in the last hour. Wow, look at that. Look at you that. Know? And it's hard to do, I get it, you know, I get it. I There are so many damn things I wanna do throughout the day that I'm, I'm always, I feel that too, you know, I feel that pressure of go, 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 but it kills you, you know? So you can't really indulge in it too much because a lot is at stake. It's kind of like when suddenly your body kicks you down and you are, you have the flu and you're knocked out and all you have energy for is sit in bed and maybe read a book and maybe not even that, it really makes you appreciate just staying still with no pain, it feels nice. And um, so really, you know, there are all the different ways to do it, whether it's you do Tai Chi or meditation or you just sit the hall somewhere nice and force yourself to sit there for an hour and breathe and do nothing else and look at what's around you. Not, it's frustrating if you're driven that way, but it's also very, very necessary. Um, I'm sorry, I was meditating. Okay, now that we are wrapping up, uh, a couple of things. Thank you to Daisy House Music for the awesome soundtrack. Thank you still to Cold Steel for, thank you still to Cold Steel. Ha <laughs> ha, that was so funny. I got it. Sorry, I didn't mean it intentionally. That was just <laughs> stupid. And it's part of my pronunciation that I can separate steel as in S-T-I-L-L -L and steel as in the stuff metal. I like it. I'm actually going to adopt it. I steal would be yeah, stealing. But thank you for the knife to call steal. Um, Amazon link. If you guys shop on Amazon, please, please, please use our link. We love you for it. And uh, other people supporting the podcast in other way, direct donation, that always works. Let the pottering begin. Is month we have Steve Markey, uh, Christine Franklin, Rebecca Kirkpatrick, Matt Kraft, I got one that was beautiful the other day. We got a donation from Miles Davis. Excellent. I sure appreciate that, Miles. I, thanks uh, for the music. Yeah, exactly. I Since I was having some doubt that it was the actual jazz god, Miles Davis, back from the grade, yeah, giving yeah. us some a few bucks, I asked. And of course, poor Miles Davis is in our donor. I'm sure has been asked this every day of his life five times a day and I added to it so apologies to him but yes no it's not that Miles Davis oh. but he's a very lovable Miles Davis who donated to us uh, the man with the weirdest name Timmy Tampons Hyber donated, donated twice in a month just to get his name is, again yes <laughs> Federico Faro uh, Anthony Doll Ooh, uh, no, I can. I think I can get Sean Aston. I can get that far, but a donation from Finland. Jan Soikeli. I have no idea, man. I'm sorry. I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's Jane with a double N, so I'm assuming it's Jan, but I don't know. I have no clue. And S-O-I-K-K-E-L-I. Soikeli? Soikeli? So that could be a lot of different things. You have some cool name. And it could be Yanni or Jan, or who knows? Yeah, and I have no idea how to pronounce it. But so, thank you anyway. But yes, very, very big that thank That was a you. triple butcher right there. Yeah, I screwed it up in so many ways. And... Um, if you guys can please review us on iTunes, it takes about 15 seconds from the time you log in. So if you can do that, that would be really, really sweet. Yep. 
And uh, having said that, anything else we need to address? Just uh, everybody, yeah, the Kiva.org is flying. Um, there's like 82 <laughs> loans from you guys out there. So check it out at Kiva.org. Uh, you can contact me at the TheRichieMon, T-H-E-R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N at gmail.com. And uh, we're at like $2,300, dollars in loans from the Team Drunken Taoist. And that's really impressive. Nice. And, uh, you know, it's just helping out folks who uh, need it. Awesome. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Evan, for doing all the behind the scenes work on getting the episodes out on time and publishing them and all of that. Yes, yes. Thanks, Evan. And thank you, Daniele. We've, uh, we really do enjoy it. Ready to roll for another one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. Get back to work.